0: And from that point forward, I realized I was serving the word should for my whole life. I should do this. I should audition for this. I should meet this person for that coffee. I I should take this meeting even though. And I realized, you know what? I need to just ask myself the simple question before I do anything. Well, do you want this? What do you want? Rain podcast.
1: Welcome to another episode of Unleash Your Supernova. This is a companion podcast to the Unleash Your Supernova book, a guide to mindfulness, manifestation, and creative entrepreneurship and life. I am your host, Nova Lorraine, award-winning fashion designer, author, founder, as well as award-nominated producer and host. Just like an exploding star, we all have the ability to shine millions of times more than the sun, to expand into the greatest, brightest version of ourselves, reaching our fullest potential. Join myself and my inspiring guests as we guide you on a journey of growth, creativity, and manifestation in business, life, and maybe even the metaverse. My guests are creative entrepreneurs from around the world, doing what they love while shining a light to others. Today, I am so excited to have Ben Giroux here with us today. Hi, Ben.
0: Hey, how's it going? It's
1: great. And I'm so excited and I want to make sure we're able to get everything in. And before we dive into the topic of today in terms of passion, being proactive and just making stuff, we're going to share a little bit about your background to the audience. So Ben Giroux, which most of you may know him from Big Nate (laughs) on Nickelodeon, and Henry Danger and Danger Force, also from Nickelodeon. Ben Giroux is a comedic actor and director and was destined to be an entertainer. For Ben being from Phoenix, he grew up in his parents' comic book store, which sparked his colorful and creative spirit. He found himself performing on the stages of local Arizona theaters, and then quickly realized that he wanted to elicit laughter from his audiences. Ben had his big break in front of the camera when he landed a role in the Farrelly Brothers TV series, Unhitched. He then went on to audition in various projects at Nickelodeon, Disney, and DreamWorks over the course of a decade and ultimately became a fan favorite for his portrayal of the toddler on Henry Danger and Danger Force. Giroux also played Little Zack on Heart of Dixie and Coach Fenner on Netflix's The Big Show Show. He has appeared in over 100 episodes of television, including Will & Grace, NCIS, Bones, Psych, House, Anger Management, Salmon Cat, Weird Loners, Family Tree, and many, many more. Giroux also voiced Robin in Batman vs. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, as well as multiple characters in Bunsen is a Beast and Rocky and Bullwinkle, the reboot. Outside of acting, Giroux is showcasing his talent behind the camera as a director and producer. He's collaborated with some of the biggest comedy directors in entertainment, including the Farrelly brothers, Christopher Guest, and David O. Russell. Giroux is also the showrunner, writer, and director for the Facebook Watch series, We Need to Talk, and... His company, Small Red Cape, endeavors in many creative projects online and both in traditional media. And he is currently optioned for multiple TV projects with Small Red Cape. Woo. Okay, Ben. Sounds like a lot of stuff. (laughs) Overachiever, maybe? (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. And you know, before we hit record, we were talking about our mutual interest in comics and what we thought of the most recent batman movie (laughs) and yeah i just love your background not only do you do voiceover you act you direct you produce you do commercials online content i mean it doesn't stop
0: i think when you condense it down into a couple of paragraphs i i am exhausted listening to it
1: All right, so let's start with your why, and my listeners know that in the opening of my book, I talk about how important our why is as it relates to our North Star, and how it often guides us in what we're doing, and that changes throughout life, depending on where we are and what's happened to us. I want to know, what is your why? What drives you to do what you do?
0: Yeah, I think it's a great question, and I love that that's sort of where you start the conversation because. I think it's really easy to get caught up in the trivial minutiae of whatever it is that you're working on and it's important to sort of take a bird's eye view of your life and your career and and recognize why it is that you're doing what you do every day. For me, I would say ultimately it's because I wanna make people laugh. To me, Mm. laughter, either eliciting laughter or consuming laughter is the greatest natural high in the world, it's the greatest feeling in the world. I think my, you know, it's interesting you, you talk about how that has, that sort of changes for people and how that morphs over time. Certainly it has, it has for me, I think initially when I went to theater school in college, I thought to myself, okay, I want to, I want to be a television actor. I want to be on mm-hmm. camera. And if I did anything outside of that, it would confuse the narrative or complicate my brand as it were. And so I was singularly focused on camera acting. Mm. And I think that as I spent more time in entertainment and exploring my creativity, I realized, well, hey, I could be a director too. I could be behind camera. I could be a writer. I could get a writing mm-hmm. partner who I have now. And Love it. we could create projects. And so I, over the years, I feel like I have really. The, thank you, by the way, for reading off all of, all of those things that I do. But I think it's true. I think you see from that, that lengthy bio that I, I have involved myself in a lot of different paths in entertainment. And I think that ultimately that diversification of my sort of entertainment paths has, has evolved and expanded over the years because it all serves that greater purpose of, I just want to make people laugh. If it's on camera, if it's behind camera, if it's behind a microphone, it all comes down to comedy, ultimately. And especially, Mm. you know, we were talking before we started recording that the last two years have obviously been so challenging for our collective human experience. For me, you know, my, the way I can sort of leave my thumbprint on the universe, the way that I can kind of help this challenging time in our history is to provide a little bit of levity. (laughs) And so as long as whatever I'm doing serves that, yeah, then I'm on the right path.
1: I love that. And to have your mission be just to make people laugh and how it is the greatest natural high in the world, that is awesome. And I 100% agree. I decided to start improv acting. And this was a few years ago before the pandemic. And I started my acting journey in theater, just live production stage acting and I was like hey why not I want to try something new I moved to a new state and it was something I've always wanted to do since being a kid and it was just like the opportunity and I did a few live shows live productions and then I said well you know I want to hone my craft and I heard that improv is a great way to do that and so that was it that's all I knew about improv was just that (laughs) (laughs) I signed up and let me tell you it is addictive because if you're not on stage creating comedy sketches like out of the blue, you're in the audience watching them. And to see these spontaneous mini stories be created in front of you and then to bring that out of yourself, I mean, it's such an incredible experience. And once you do it, you don't want to stop. Like who doesn't want to just laugh for three hours or make other people laugh for three hours? And so anyway, so here I am years later, still doing improv. But it also made me think of the medicinal impact that laughter and comedy has. Mm. And I remember coming across a story where this woman was diagnosed with cancer and she was advised to like, if there's anyone in her life that is not like positive in any shape or form to just not speak with them and to literally just watch comedy for every waking moment that she has. And so she's isolated herself for just to a small group of people and she just watched comedy over and over and over again. (laughs) And she was cured from the cancer, like true story, was cured from the cancer. And that was years ago that I read this and that stayed with me, like the power of laughter. And so for you to center your life around that and to bring that to the world, I think is so powerful. So thank you for that.
0: Well, thank you. I love that. I love that anecdote. And yeah. You know, and I think it's so easy to get caught up in, in the BS of social media numbers mm-hmm. and popularity and this mm-hmm. and that. And like at the end of the day, none of that stuff matters. It's just, Hey, let's, That's right. let's enjoy ourselves on this, this crazy ride. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And I would love to hear when and during this journey from performing to and both live performance and voiceover which is different and then transitioning to writing and directing and producing would you say that during that journey there was challenges or doubts that made you almost want to like step off the roller coaster and like quit the marathon can you remember any of those moments that you could share
0: Yeah, I mean, I think when you sign up for a life in entertainment, whether you're an actor or director or writer, whatever it is that you're doing, Mm -hmm. you're signing up for a life of 95% rejection. So you got to be comfortable with that. Like every day of my life, Mm -hmm. there is rejection, whether you're auditioning for something and you don't get the, the part, whether you're bidding on a job as a director and the client decides to go with somebody else because of X, Y and Z. Whether you're writing something and you have a pitch meeting and you're pitching your idea, but the network decides they want to go with somebody else. That is just a continual onslaught of rejection. But hopefully the handful of successes, the wins that you get throughout the year are so euphoric that it makes all that rejection worth it. Uh, So A, you've got to sort of be comfortable with that. And then also, I think there are people that choose what they do in life, and I think there are people that are what they do. I am an entertainer, right? Mm. So you could take me out of an entertainment career and put me in an office cubicle job, and I would still try to find ways to crack jokes and entertain (laughs) and make people laugh. Probably wouldn't be as happy, but I just think that's kind of who I am. That's always been sort of who I am, and I, I naturally trended towards a career that allowed me to express that creativity and that comedy in that way. So I think, yes, I could quit entertainment, but I would still find ways to entertain. There was, I remember vividly, animation has been a real marathon in my life. Mm. And I think eight, nine, 10 years into auditioning for animation pretty consistently every day for a decade. And I wasn't really making much headway. I wasn't really booking much. I was like, you know, Maybe my efforts could be spent in other areas of entertainment rather than continually behind a microphone every night auditioning for things that I'm just not booking. Mm. And then I booked my first Nickelodeon show, oh, wow. uh, which was a show called Bunsen is a Beast. you know, it was one of my first lead roles, uh-huh and it was gosh it, it was just such a nice feeling of like, hey, I was really proud of myself for keeping at it. Mm-hmm. And then that sort of set me on a path with Nickelodeon. And now I'm, you know, the voice of Big Nate on Paramount Plus, And it's, you know, I've got a show. Yeah. And so it's like anything in life, it's a marathon. And you have to be comfortable with the rejection along the way. But I think that's potentially applicable for lots of different industries, not just entertainment.
1: So it's interesting, that story that you shared, where you were Three feet from gold and didn't even know it. You were about to just change course and like, What am I doing? I'm wasting my time, blah, blah, blah. And then you book that role and then, you know, fast forward to where you are now. And I am a faithful mom of Big Nate Book. Okay. <laughs> I think, I think I have them all. <laughs> and so, I think that's just super exciting that you are the voice of a character that has impacted so many children's lives and parents' lives, okay? Because then some of us are reading the stories too. So that's so powerful because I do feel that it is, there are these peaks and there's these valleys. And for me, when I started my creative journey, it was in fashion. And there were so many days where I was like, what am I doing? Why am I, you know, I had two young children and And in New York. We were in New York. It was not 9-11 just happened. It was craziness. And here I am like, oh, I want to launch a fashion company. (laughs) And it was so challenging. But then that led to so many other things. Like to your point, you didn't give up. And that journey has taken you to so many other places and shows and now, you know, production company. And that's the point. Like those highs, really do outweigh the lows. If you are in a spot where you're in that dip, like just wait it out. It's not the end, right? So I love that
0: story. Yeah, and it's not even so much waiting as it is like, hey, dig dig your feet in and proactively Mm. like get at it. You know, hustle harder than anybody else, work harder than anybody else. And you're gonna find success ultimately with that in some capacity.
1: Absolutely. So speaking about proactively getting at something and we talked about it earlier, we're gonna touch on this. In more detail, being proactive, being passionate. And I love this statement, just make stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so just make stuff. Like, like, just that's it. Like what? So when you're talking about being proactive and not just waiting it out, like you said, but digging your feet in, what was the, was it for you? Was it the auditions? And, or was it saying, you know what? I'm going to start writing. I'm going to just create my own content. Like, What was that for you and, and being proactive?
0: Yeah, mine's kind of a weird, specific story of that epiphany, but I, I'm i a short guy. I'm 5'2". Mm. And so I found myself early on playing a lot of height-specific roles in my career. And look, you get to a point where you've played one too many Christmas elves and you say, <laughs> I think I want something else for my acting career. Oh. So I had always wanted to, and I'm being slightly facetious because I, I really do enjoy some of those roles. Mm-hmm. I had always wanted to do a like braggadocious hip hop music, okay, about being short, and and so I this is years ago. I was at my voiceover agency, and they said, "Hey, we we represent a uh, a hip hop artist here. You should meet him." So I met my buddy Jensen. He's a hip hop songwriter, and we we made a music video together called "Little Dude Anthem," and put a bunch <laughs> of resources into it. Had dancers from So You Think You Can Dance. Had Tamira Gray from American Idol. And we made a pretty badass like music video that went okay. viral. And it's basically me rapping as a elf and a leprechaun and a jockey. And it's it's absurd. But I remember we had a uh, red carpet like premiere for this silly music video that we put online. And we had mm-hmm. you know hundreds of friends there. This is obviously pre-pandemic. And, you know, I remember a couple people went up to me that night and they said, Hey, man, this is awesome with this video and this premiere and this whole thing. But like whoa, what are you doing? You're a you're like a Nickelodeon actor, and here you are like doing a like a hip hop music video premiere. Why did you do this? And I remember I I absorbed that question and I thought about it and I said, oh, because I wanted to, and it was as simple as that. And from that point forward, I realized I was serving the word should for my whole life. I should do this. I should audition for this. I should meet this person for that coffee. I I should take this meeting even though. And I realized, you know what? I need to just ask myself the simple question before I do anything. Well, do you want this? What do you want? And, And so once I converted should into want, I really started to level up all of the things that I was doing in my life because it was coming from a really authentic place. And I wasn't sort of doing things I actually didn't want to be doing anymore. And so once you start to really serve that idea of what do you want, just unequivocally think about that, I think it leads you into some more positive momentum and directions in in whatever it is that you're pursuing in life. So that was the real turning point for me is, is this silly hip hop music video red carpet premiere where I was like, oh, I just did this because I wanted to. It doesn't have to fit with any other kind of narrative for my life.
1: I absolutely love that. And I have goosebumps as as you were sharing, and when you said just because I want to, that's why I'm doing this. Like, <laughs> yeah, and that's amazing. And I'm. This is going to be my little mantra. I love finding like these new things that I could share, that I could use, and then pass on. But to go from should to want, and ask yourself, is this what I want? And just be unapologetic about it. And how you mentioned. You really leveled up on the things that you were doing and whatever you do doesn't have to fit in a box. And I think that's the whole point where, okay, I'm a stage actor, so I'm just going to stay a stage actor for all my life and I'm not going to do anything else. No. Well, maybe you want to be a designer too. Mate, look at yeah. J-Lo. I mean, she's doing everything. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you want to create music. You know, Maybe you want to launch a tech company. I mean, the point is we are here to create. We're here to grow. We're here to collaborate. And I love how you're living that, you know, where you said, just make stuff. And stuff could be anything. It could be physical. It could be artistic. You know, it could be a company. Just make stuff. We're creative beings. And but yeah, going from should to want, that's a game changer. Like literally, I wrote that down. And we may have to change it to the,
0: the show.
1: But anyway, that's incredible incredible advice. I want to ask, with all the projects that you've done to date, and this may be hard to answer, what would you say has been the most rewarding and why?
0: Oh, man, such a great question. It's a difficult one to answer, as you noted, because I feel one of the reasons I love being in entertainment is everything I work on on a daily basis seems to change. And you're constantly mm. working with different people on different things. But in terms of the idea of rewarding, certainly I would, the thing that's most present in my mind right now is Big Nate, uh, which just premiered on Paramount Plus. I'm the title character, which is a, an added responsibility. But the thing I'm most proud of with Big Nate is that we started working on this show, it's an animated series, in the beginning of the pandemic. And what was such a strange, isolating time, we all kind of descended into our own remote at-home recording studios. We still found a way to get together over Zoom Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and riff with each other every week. You talked about improv earlier. There's so much improv on our show where we get to react and yes and each other. And I'm really proud of it because we have a television show. It's currently the number one kids show on Paramount Plus, and we've all never been in the same room together to make the show. And so there's a real point of pride in the dedication of the human spirit to adapt and just figure stuff out. We, in a non-pandemic world, we would have all been in the same building with each other at Nick Animation for the last two years. I don't even know how tall some of the people are who I work with (laughs) almost every day because we're in this strange remote world. So I think there's a real point of pride and satisfaction in that we, Mm. we pulled off an entire television show that I think is witty and charming and funny over the course of two years. And we did it in a weird, adaptive remote capacity. So that I think is, is a deeply satisfying experience that we figured it out.
1: I love that the power of the human spirit. And like you said, to bring something to life, that's so impactful and it's number one as you mentioned on Paramount Plus from this new environment setting in a time period that was super challenging without ever being in the same physical space and as actors and entertainers you know we feed off of that energy and you have to bring that through the screen and still be able to produce the project to the success that it is is absolutely incredible I know we have to we have to wrap up soon, but I want us to get to giving you the mic and you playing host for a couple of minutes, and then we could wrap up with a question or so from our listeners if we have time. So are you ready to play host for a minute or two?
0: Let's do it. I'm ready. All right, cool. Okay, so welcome to my podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it! <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so I want to know from you. What do you do for fun? And the reason I asked this question is, I spent a summer in, in Spain one time, and I noted the massive cultural differences were that if you ask somebody what they do for fun in, specifically where I am in Los Angeles, you get a very work-related answer, and they could talk for an hour, and then if you ask, if you really dive in, no, no, what do you do for fun? People kind of struggle <laughs> with that here in America. Whereas in Spain, when I spent that summer there, they could talk for hours about the cool <laughs> hobbies and things they do for fun. And they, then you ask what they do for work and you get like a one word answer. So I know, I think the beauty probably lies somewhere in the middle. But this is a question that I love asking anybody I meet, because I think if you really dig down, like, what is it that that really brings you joy? I'm curious.
1: Yeah, I love that question. Never had that before in the podcast setting. <laughs> I lived in Spain for six months, so I 100% get what you're saying. <laughs> where did you live in spain granada
0: oh wow yeah i was in madrid
1: yes we went to madrid to uh watch the flamenco dancers
0: and to shop <laughs> yes awesome. so you know you know, know what a what a laid-back culture it is <laughs> and what everybody just sort of wants to sit back and drink and talk about life and do fun stuff
1: that's right that is 90 percent of what we did <laughs> when we were there what they do it's so true it's so true with that question and our culture here and i'm originally from Jamaica and it is similar where it's about family and conversation and food and music and experiences. And then, oh, and by the way, I do this for work. <laughs> so, <laughs> what I do for fun right now, improv and art. I take fine art classes. I love to paint. I love mixed media. And I also write poetry. I love to run and I like to try new restaurants. I'm an I would say uh, an unofficial foodie. So I get really excited when I find a new place and no matter what (laughs) what the experience is going to be at the end of the experiment, but I love trying new things and discovering new things. And yeah, that's what I do for fun.
0: I'm in the the exact same way. I find my outlet through fitness. Certainly that's definitely something I do. I I run around the country sometimes doing uh, Spartan race obstacle course races. And then I too... I'm really into fine arts. I love to draw and paint. I told you before Mm. we started recording, I almost went into that for my life before choosing a very stable career in entertainment.
1: (laughs) Right. Super stable.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, no, I think it's so important that we have these, these hobbies and these escapes from our work. And look, I think when you're in entertainment, that can kind of overlap, which is why sometimes people struggle with that question. But I think it's a good exercise in recognizing like, hey, maybe if I don't do enough things for just fun, for just pleasure, maybe incorporate mm-hmm. a few more of those things into your life.
1: Absolutely, and I think it also just acts as inspiration, right, yeah. it could be, oh, I tried this new dish, I wanna to go to that country, or on this run, I found this leaf, and this could be a new design for fabric, or just, or a new idea for a company, you know? So I think it's also our hobbies and our interests, can lead to so many other things. And then it just shows us the different layers that we have within us. And I don't know, it just makes life less boring.
0: <laughs> yeah. Amen to that.
1: <laughs> I want to, before we wrap it up, get to at least one question from our listeners. So thank you so much, Mr. Podcast
0: host. <laughs> thank you for joining <laughs> my podcast. I appreciate it. Coming up next.
1: <laughs> and, I, and I'd like to come back too. I'd like to come back as a guest on your show. <laughs> I have a question that if I'm interested in both acting and writing and producing, which direction should I start as it relates to getting into the film industry?
0: You know, I would say that quote I gave you earlier, just make stuff. I'm not sure you have to consciously say, hey, I'm going to do X, Y, or Z and say that's the path that you're going to focus on first. I think... You know, if I think back to like high school of trying to just be creative, I was running around with my mini DV camera, trying to film short films with my buddies, and try to figure out how to put it on a VHS tape. It was difficult <laughs> to make stuff, or at least more difficult, right? And now we all have uh, movie cameras in our pockets. And so, what I would advise is, you know, if somebody's looking to get into entertainment in any capacity. Explore that creativity through, make a short film with your friends, start a TikTok account, make silly characters, experiment with writing sketches, see what works, but it all kind of works hand in hand. You know, I don't think I say, okay, today I'm going to just focus on being an actor and I'll I'll focus on directing later. No, I'm a better director because I'm an actor. I'm a better writer because I'm a director. So I think just explore creativity in all sort of paths and see what feels the best. I would also say, recognize the things that you are good at as you experiment Mm. uh, and recognize the things that you aren't so good at. And what I've tried to do is surround myself with experts in the things that I kind of stink at. And so then you really just have an all-star team around you. You know, for example, I'm a a kind of creative actor-forward director. So when I'm on set, I like working with a DP who is more technical-minded, somebody who... Mm can speak the sort of science of filmmaking where I sort of get stuck in, in, well, here's sort of how I want it to look and feel. And that becomes like a really nice combination. So anyways, that's a long winded way of saying, I don't think you necessarily have to choose one thing over the other. I think explore, make stuff. It's never been easier to create than it is in 2022 where we all have movie cameras in our pockets.
1: That's so true. That is so true. And and I love the fact that you also mentioned to recognize what you're good at. And so as you're exploring, as you're creating to just note those things that you're excelling at and then fill the gaps with people around you. And the fact that you have the more technical person as your right hand while you're on set really creates this really full experience for anyone that's you know consuming what you're creating. So amazing, amazing. Well, I got to bring you back. There's not enough time <laughs> to cover everything. What would be the closing words of wisdom, the wow that you'd like to leave with our listeners?
0: Yeah. The best advice I ever received in entertainment. This was the second TV show I was ever hired on as an actor. I was filming a show up in Canada. And I, uh, I was just out of college. I was probably, I don't know, 22. And I went up to the main actor on the show and I said, all right, man you've got your own show on TV, what's the secret? I'm young, I'm hungry, I'm a sponge. What's the secret to success? And he goes, all right, two things. Number one, do good work. Number mm. two, be a good dude, that's it. <laughs> and I, if you really sort of break that down, okay, do good work, I'm gonna prepare, I'm gonna show up on time, I'm going to work my ass off as much as I possibly can to do the best of my ability, to succeed at what I've, I've set out to do and then be a good dude, mm-hmm. you know, treat people with respect, lead with empathy, create a positive environment. And those things I think are applicable, not just to entertainment, but to everything that you do in life and everyone that you interact with. So if you do good work and you be a good dude or do dudette, then I think that good things will ultimately come your way.
1: So simple,
0: yet so powerful,
1: right? Do good work, be a good dude. (laughs) How can our listeners follow you, support you? Are there any social media accounts in the Ezra the small red cape?
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, the first thing I would say is if you haven't seen Big Nate, go uh, sign up for Paramount Plus and watch our first eight episodes because that would be phenomenal support. And I think you'd also really enjoy the show. And then I post uh, daily on TikTok and Instagram, uh, and it's just my name, Ben Giroux, B-E-N-G-I-R-O-U-X.
1: Love it. Amazing. This was so inspiring. <laughs> I'm writing notes. I'm like, yes. yes. <laughs> it
0: was such a pleasure <laughs> chatting with you today.
1: Yeah, it was. And, you know, I have a nephew who's 5'2", and, I was, and he's, he's in entertainment, and he's an incredible person. And so... I love your story, inspirational on so many levels. And I absolutely would love to have you back. Thank you so much, Ben, and congratulations on all of your accomplishments.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Yes, absolutely. It was a pleasure. And for our listeners, thank you again for joining us for another episode of Unleash Your Supernova, your guide to creativity, manifestation, and mindfulness, where we show you how to tap into and become the brightest version of yourself. And please, if you love what you heard today, please subscribe and share, okay? And if you haven't gotten the book yet, Unleash Your Supernova, what are you waiting for? It's at all of your favorite bookstores. Go and get it today and start increasing your creativity and beating burnout. This is your host, Nova Lorraine. And until next time, ciao.